Well, this morning we're beginning a new series of messages through the month of April, and I want us to be looking at a scripture that is short. It's very short, but very powerful. Vamos a ver un texto corto. It's from Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans chapter 1. And today, we're just going to read the first two verses and a little bit of verse 3. Vamos a leer capítulo 1 de Romanos, un poquito, versículos 1 de 2 y un poquito de versículo 3. And uh, as I said, we're, we're leaning into a message series that's actually going to be based on this first part of chapter 1. We'll be looking at this repeatedly over the next few weeks. I want to read it first in Spanish and then in English. Voy a leerlo primero en español y después en inglés. And this is, this is the word of the Lord for us this morning. La palabra del Señor. Y dice así, Pablo, siervo de Cristo Jesús, llamado a ser apóstol, apartado para anunciar el evangelio de Dios que por medio de sus profetas ya había prometido en las sagradas escrituras. Este evangelio habla de su hijo. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures regarding his son. And there we will end the reading. Ahí terminamos la lectura. So uh, this past Thanksgiving, back in November, um, was a very special Thanksgiving for me. Celebramos en noviembre un día de acción de gracia muy especial para mí. It was special not just because I was with my family. Okay, I'm always with my family at Thanksgiving. No fue especial solo por estar con la familia. It was, it was special uh, not just because we had turkey and all the fixings. I mean, again, we do that pretty much every year. No fue especial porque comimos mucho. Siempre hacemos eso. This past Thanksgiving, this past November, was a special Thanksgiving for me because it was the first Thanksgiving I celebrated realizing that I am a pilgrim. Yo soy un peregrino puritano. Me di cuenta de eso. I'm not kidding you. You see, uh, I'm an aunt on my mom's side. Her name is Diane. And, and through the wonders of genealogical research, my aunt Diane has been able to determine that I'm actually a nine times great-grandson of William Brewster. Yo soy un bisnieto nueve veces de Guillermo Brewster. Who is William Brewster? Well, William Brewster was a Puritan elder, and he was also part of that group of pilgrims that was on the Mayflower and landed at Plymouth Rock, Massachusetts, in 1620, almost 400 years ago. That's my nine times great-grandfather, okay? William Brewster, él fue del grupo de peregrinos que, que aterrizó en Massachusetts en 1620. Now, I never knew that before. I was blown away by that revelation. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, over all those generations, how did that get lost in the family story, right? Nobody ever told me this. This was something totally new. And so now it has changed my view of Thanksgiving, right? As you can imagine, ya tengo otra perspectiva de lo que es el Día de Acción de Gracias. Uh, I mean, I have a connection to that history that I never knew was there before. And, and so this next year, this next November, again, I'm going to be celebrating Thanksgiving 
uh, but I'm going to be celebrating Thanksgiving in a different way because I'll be celebrating remembering what I never knew, that I'm not just a participant, in a way I'm a pilgrim. Voy a celebrar recordando lo que no sabía, que yo soy de cierta forma un peregrino puritano. Now, I'm telling you that story for a reason. And that is because here, in, in Romans chapter 1, we find something similar going on. Encontramos algo parecido aquí en Romanos capítulo 1. Paul's writing this letter to some Christians, and he begins by saying, I am Paul, and I am a servant of Christ Jesus. Dice Pablo, soy Pablo, siervo de Cristo Jesús. Literally what he says is, I'm Paul, I'm a slave of Christ Jesus. Yo soy Pablo, esclavo de Cristo Jesús. That's my identity. Es mi identidad. Now, for Paul to say he was a slave is significant. Because as a good Jew, he had been brought up in the Jewish faith. And one of the things as a good Jew he understood that he had been taught was that he was a descendant of slaves. A los judíos les enseñaban que eran descendientes esclavos. His people were slaves. We know the story. The people of Israel were slaves for 400 years in Egypt. En esclavos 400 años en Egipto. And so Paul would have easily said, hey, yeah, I'm a slave. I'm a descendant of slaves. In fact, that's what God wanted his people to never forget. If we look at the book of Deuteronomy, way back in the Old Testament, years before Paul, at least five times in the book of Deuteronomy, the Bible says to the Israelites, God says, remember you were slaves. Cinco veces en Deuteronomio Dios dice a los israelitas, recuerdan que eran esclavos. In fact, Deuteronomy 5.15 there says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Recuerda que fuiste esclavo en Egipto, que el Señor tu Dios te sacó de allí con gran despliegue de fuerza y de poder. So as a proud Jew, Paul would have been able to say, yeah, I'm my descendants were slaves, and so I'm a slave too. In fact, every single year, Paul and the Jewish people were reminded of that fact. Why? Because they celebrated a Thanksgiving meal every year called Passover. Celebraban cada año la Pascua, una fiesta de acción de gracias. And what was that Thanksgiving meal all about? It was about remembering who they were. It was about remembering that they were were slaves and God delivered them. Recordaban que eran esclavos, descendientes esclavos. But here, in Romans chapter 1, Paul's saying something a little bit different. He's saying, I'm Paul, but I'm a slave of Christ Jesus. See, something happened to Paul that changed his perspective. Algo le ocurrió a Pablo para cambiar su perspectiva. Something stopped Paul dead in his tracks. Actually, something stopped Paul alive in his tracks. And it happened on this road to Damascus when a bright light shone upon him. Algo le detuvo a Pablo muerto, no, vivo, en el camino. Fue la luz grande que le brilló. And that light that shone enabled Paul to have a personal encounter with the message and with the person of Jesus Christ. And that changed everything for him. Tu buen encuentro personal con el Señor Jesucristo le cambió todo. So that's why he says, I'm Paul. Now I'm a slave. Yes, I'm a descendant of slaves. But now I'm a slave of Jesus. Ya soy Pablo Esclavo de Jesús. But that's not all. And if we read on in Romans, Paul also says, 
I'm called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Soy apartado para ser apóstol para anunciar el evangelio de Dios. Now there's something interesting in that too. Because when God took the people of Israel out of Egypt, he not only rescued them as slaves, his plan when he brought them through the wilderness was to send them into this new land, into this promised land. Dios quería enviar a los israelitas a la tierra prometida. And in that promised land, they were to bring a message. They were to show the world the reality of God by living in a holy way, by living in a different way. Iban a mostrar la realidad de Dios viviendo de una forma Santa y, y diferente. In fact, the word apostle means one who is sent, and the people of Israel were like apostles too. They were set apart and sent out, and they were in effect pilgrims. They were to be pilgrims in this new land to show the reality of God. Eran peregrinos para mostrar la realidad de Dios. And so again, Paul's connecting and remembering his story, but he's changing it up. He's saying, yes, I'm a pilgrim. Yes, I'm an apostle. I'm sent out now to live in a different way and to proclaim a message to show that God is in the world and that message is called the gospel. Yo voy a proclamar un mensaje para mostrar que Dios está en el mundo. El mensaje es el evangelio. But what is that message? What is the gospel? ¿Qué es el evangelio? Well, here in Romans 1, we, we find here that there is a powerful summary of that gospel message. It's very compact, very dense, but I want to begin to take it apart. First of all, he says the gospel is, in verse 2, what God promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Es lo que Dios por medio de sus profetas ya había prometido en las Sagradas Escrituras. What is the gospel? What is the good news? What's the message that God's been predicting and promising and telling all along? It's what he was always saying throughout the Old Testament. Through the Old Testament scriptures and through the Old Testament prophets, ese mensaje que Dios había predicho y predicado, uh, anunciado por medio del Antiguo Testamento y sus profetas. God was always sharing the gospel. God was always speaking this message to his people. In fact, in the book of Exodus, what do we see? We see God deliver his people from Egypt through Moses. Dios libra su pueblo de Egipto por medio de Moisés. And in the gospel, what does God do? He delivers his people from sin through his son. It was a message God was always preaching, always sharing. The light of the gospel is in the Old Testament. La luz del Evangelio está en el Antiguo Testamento, que Dios libra a su pueblo del Egipto, del pecado por medio de su hijo. That light was getting brighter all the time. And finally, that light came fully out and shone in the person of Jesus. Por fin brilló esa luz. Esa luz en la persona de Jesús. In fact, that's what it says at the beginning of verse 3. The gospel is the good news regarding God's son. Es el mensaje que habla del Hijo de Dios. It's the good news that was always right there in front of the people, and yet it's the good news they never knew. They forgot it because they never understood it, because they never saw it. Era el mensaje que tenían siempre, pero nunca lo sabían. And now this message has come to light. 
The gospel is that bright light from God that shines on us in the person of Jesus and it changes everything. El evangelio cambia todo. It's like that bright light that shined on Paul in the middle of the road to Damascus. It's that light that goes on for you and for me. But here's the problem we face. Aquí el problema. How easy is it to forget? How easy it is for the message to get lost. See, God was saying all along, I'm a God who delivers. I'm a God who delivers slaves and turns them into pilgrims. Soy un Dios que libera los esclavos y los convierte en peregrinos. He was saying that over and over and over again in the Old Testament, and the people of Israel didn't quite get it. And Paul didn't quite get it. Until the light went on, Israel y Pablo no pudieron captarlo hasta que la luz brilló. But now that the light is here, this is the good news that we never knew. And, and so here's the thing. Just like Paul, just like the people of Israel, how easy it is for us to forget. How easy it is for us to forget who we are and where we've come from and who God is and what God has done. Que tan fácil olvidarnos de quienes somos y de donde venimos y que ha hecho Dios. In fact, as I look at our world today, I think that's behind a lot of what's going on. All the wars, all the division, the breakdown of family and of society and addiction and all the technology enslaving us, all that stuff, if you look at what's going on in our society today, behind it all, I think, is there's, there's this thing that we're suffering from. It's called spiritual amnesia. We forget. Hay una amnesia espiritual detrás de las guerras, las divisiones, las adicciones y todo. And if you look at our world today, people are looking for who they are. Who am I? And there's a lot of talk in our day about self-identifying, right? I self-identify as this, right? Self-identify as that. I self-identify as the other thing. Hay uh, muchos que hablan de auto-identificarse. Why? Because we're looking for identity. We're trying to, to figure out who we are because our memory has been lost. We're cut off. I'm cut off from my family tree. I'm cut off from this and that. So I'm going to make up an identity. And so what we find is a society full of people making up their identities. Tenemos una sociedad de personas haciendo, fabricando su identidad. When you make up an identity for yourself, it's always going to have something false in it. Siempre va a haber algo falso en esa identidad. A made-up identity leads to a false identity, and a false identity will always enslave. Una identidad falsa siempre nos va a esclavizar. And that's what we have in our society today. Here's the deal. It doesn't matter if you know your family tree or not. It doesn't matter if your ancestors came from Africa or from Europe or Asia or South America. That, that doesn't matter. No importa si sus antepasados son de Europa, África, Sudamérica, Asia. It doesn't matter if 
if your ancestors were slaves or slaveholders or pilgrims or natives, no importa si sus antepasados eran esclavos o que tenía esclavos, peregrinos, indígenas, it doesn't matter. Here's what the Bible tells us. We're all descended from slaves. Two slaves in particular, Adam and Eve. Somos descendientes de dos esclavos, Adán y Eva. Did you know that as human beings, we share 99% of the same physical DNA? 99%. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter what continent your ancestors came from. 99% of the same physical DNA. Compartimos como seres humanos 99% de la misma NDA física. But as human beings, here's the deal. We share 100% of the same spiritual DNA because of Adam and Eve. Tenemos la misma NDA espiritual por Adán y Eva, 100%. Think about Adam and Eve and how they sinned and how they rebelled against God. What was at the heart of it? A lot of different things going on there. Pride, most certainly, and, and failure to heed God's word. Yes, definitely. But think about it. Part of it was they wanted to make up an identity for themselves. Querían fabricar su propia identidad. What did the serpent say? You will be like God. Knowing good and evil, serán como Dios, conociendo el bien y el mal. Yeah, I want, that's me. Yeah, I want to be that. And so they bought into a false identity. And what did that false identity do? It enslaved them. Compraron una identidad falsa y les esclavizó. Put them in chains. And now we're all descended from slaves. Now here's the promise and the hope that we have. The antidote, Paul is saying here, the antidote to spiritual amnesia, the spiritual amnesia of our day and age, is what? It's the gospel. It's remembering what we never knew. El antidote de la amnesia espiritual de recordar lo que nunca habíamos sabido, that our true deliverance, our true identity, our true purpose, our true fulfillment, all of that is found in the message and the person of Jesus Christ. That's the key. Nuestra identidad, nuestra liberación, nuestro propósito están en Jesucristo. That's the good news of the gospel, right? Right there. And so in another place, I want you to look with me at 2 Timothy 2.8. This is the same Paul who's writing, 2 Timoteo 2.8, el mismo Pablo. Here's what he says. Here's what we need to do. He says, remember, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. No dejes de recordar a Jesucristo descendiente de David, levantado de entre los muertos. And then he says, this is my gospel. Ese es mi evangelio. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained. Ese es mi evangelio por el que sufro al extremo de llevar cadenas como criminal, pero la palabra de Dios no está encadenada. You hear what Paul's saying there? He's saying, I'm willing, I'm willing to to actually suffer and be treated like a slave in chains for the sake of the gospel. 
Why? Because I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. And if you're a slave of Jesus Christ, there's no chain that can hold you. You're free. Estoy dispuesto a ser encadenado para el evangelio de Cristo como esclavo de Jesús. Soy libre. So God's word is not chained, Paul says. God's word does not enslave you. La palabra de Dios no está encadenada. No, God's word, the good news, the message, the person of Jesus Christ is what breaks the chains. It's what changes everything. Ese mensaje de Jesús que rompe las cadenas. Can you grasp onto that? Can we understand how real that is? Can we identify with that to the point that our identity is in the one who breaks our chains? Can you remember what you never knew? Yeah, we're descended from slaves, but now we're set free to become pilgrims following Jesus Christ. Éramos esclavos, pero somos libres para seguir al Señor Jesús. There are a lot of ways to communicate a message, especially today, right? We live in a day and age, I can communicate with you in about, I can think of about four, five, six forms that I can communicate with you. Hay tantas maneras de comunicación que tenemos. And we have to choose which way we communicate. Because the way we communicate says a lot about the message that we have. So if, for example, let's just say I, I write you a letter and I send you a good old-fashioned letter by snail mail. What am I trying to say to you? Si te envío una carta en, en el correo regular, ¿qué digo? ¿Qué comunico? What am I saying? Well, I might be saying this message is important. Es un mensaje importante, but it's not urgent. Not urgent. It'll get to you when it gets to you, right? No es urgente. But how about if I shoot you a text message, zap you quick, a text message on your phone? What am I saying? What am I really saying? Si te envío un texto, ¿qué digo? This message is urgent, but it may or may not be all that important. Es urgente, pero a lo mejor no importante. Hey, can you pick up some milk on the way home? Right? Urgent. Important. How about if I show up on your door and I knock on the door and I say, here I am. I have a message for you. Que si comparezco a tu puerto llamando. Tengo un mensaje. What am I saying? This message is important and it's urgent. It matters because I'm here. I'm the message. Es urgente y también es importante. That's what God has said to us in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews 1.1, Hebreos 1.1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Dios muchas veces y de varias maneras habló a nuestros antepasados en otras épocas por medio de los profetas. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. En esos días finales nos ha hablado por medio de su hijo. A este lo designó heredero de todo y por medio de él hizo el universo. See, God was always communicating the same message. The message has never changed. Dios siempre comunicaba el mismo mensaje. 
God uh, communicated a message of love for us and he knew he had to communicate this message. He, so he did it through text message for centuries, through the Old Testament texts, the Old Testament scriptures, an important message. Dios comunicó su mensaje en el Antiguo Testamento and he did it through text messengers. We call the prophets who wrote down that message and they were communicating. God's the God who sets you free from slavery. God's the God who you need to know and follow. But God knew. God knew that ultimately he would need to communicate this message, this good news, by showing up at our door in person through his son Jesus through the one who would inherit the whole universe, the one behind the creation of it all. Pero Dios sabía que tenía que comparecer con ese mensaje en la persona del Señor Jesús. And that's what God has done. The message is also the messenger. It's Jesus. El mensaje es el mensajero que es Jesús. And so when we talk about the gospel, the good news, it's about remembering something we never have really gotten before, something we never knew. El evangelio se trata de recordar algo que antes no conocíamos. That everything, our life, our identity, our purpose, our past, present, future, the whole meaning of it all is wrapped up in Jesus. Nuestra identidad, nuestro propósito pasado, presente y futuro, todo está envuelto en Jesús. All about him. And so in these next few weeks, in this month of April, as, as we go uh, towards uh, the celebration of Christ's resurrection and beyond, I want to in, engage us in a, in a new series today called Remembering the Message. Estamos en una serie, Recordar el Mensaje. And in this series, what we're going to do is, it may seem a bit repetitive, but we're going to come back to Romans chapter 1 every single week and dive deeper into these first few verses of Romans chapter 1 to really understand this compact, powerful presentation of the gospel message. Vamos a ver el mensaje. Because here, I think within these words, if we can unlock what's behind these words of Paul, we'll find that, that this is talking about the, the key truths of our faith. Tiene que ver con las verdades clave de la fe. And we're going to be looking at, through these words, the events. The events that led Jesus to spell out God's love for us in blood on the cross. Vamos a ver los eventos que le llevaron a Jesús a, a escribir el amor de Dios en sangre en la cruz. So to help us do that, this morning we come to this table. This is, this is in effect, our Thanksgiving table. This is our Thanksgiving meal. Es nuestra comida de acción de gracias. Because here we come to this table like the people of Israel did and we remember we were slaves. Recordamos que éramos esclavos. We were slaves to sin, but Jesus gave his body and he gave his blood to set us free and now we're not slaves to sin, we're servants of Christ, slaves to him. Cristo dio su cuerpo, su sangre por nosotros, ya somos esclavos de Cristo, siervos de Cristo. But not only are we servants of Christ set free from the slavery of sin, we are also called to be apostles. We're sent out into our everyday lives in the world. We're on a pilgrimage. We're pilgrims as well. 
Somos apóstoles enviados con un mensaje. Somos peregrinos. And, and that pilgrimage involves us living in this world in a different way, a new way, a holy way. Vivimos de forma diferente y santa. But here's the thing. We forget how to live different really quickly. We forget very quickly how to be holy people. Nos olvidamos de llevar esa vida diferente. So that's why Jesus said, come here often. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Hagan esto en memoria de mí. Dijo Jesús. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget the gospel, the good news. No se olviden de quienes son, que es el evangelio. And so he, The invitation that we have this morning is this. If you have received the light of Jesus Christ in your life, si han recibido la luz de Jesús, and you are determined by God's grace to, to let go of the chains of sin that have enslaved you, to let that go, to forget it and leave it behind. And you want to follow Jesus as a pilgrim in a new life, showing his reality in the world, then this is what this table's all about. Si quieren dejar las cadenas de tu pasado y tus pecados para seguir a Jesús como peregrino y llevar una vida santa y nueva, de esto se trata esta, esta mesa. So the invitation is for you if the light of the gospel has shined in your life. So let's come and let's remember the good news together. Vamos a recordar las buenas noticias juntos. Let's pray together. Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus, you are both the messenger and the message. We thank you that you have changed everything. Gracias por ser el mensajero y mensaje Jesús. This morning we lift up our hearts to you. Levantamos nuestros corazones a ti, Señor. We lift up our hearts because it is good and right for us to celebrate. It is good and right for us to remember what we did not know before that we are set free only because of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Es bueno recordar lo que no sabíamos antes, que solo somos librados por el cuerpo y la sangre del Señor Jesús. We give you thanks. We give you thanks and we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Bendito el que viene en el nombre del Señor Jesús. Lord Jesus, as we come around this table, we ask that the bread we break and the cup that we bless may become for us communion communion with the body and blood of Jesus Christ que el pan que bendecimos la copa vengan a ser para nosotros comunión con el cuerpo y la sangre de Jesús pour out your Holy Spirit upon us Lord that we may receive by faith what you give us here and that we may be nourished nourished on the pilgrimage that you have us on, que podamos ser alimentados de tu Espíritu Santo para el peregrinaje espiritual. Jesus, we love you, but we know you love us so much more. And so we come.
humbly. We are not worthy to come here, but may we come in a manner that is worthy, humbly confessing our need for you. No somos dignos de esta mesa, pero venimos y queremos venir de forma digna, humildes, confesando nuestra necesidad de ti. We thank you for the gifts we are about to receive, and we pray in Jesus' name. En el nombre del Señor Jesucristo, te damos gracias por esos dones en tu santo y precioso nombre. Amen. So we come remembering that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world to take on our flesh and blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to God's law, even to the bitter and shameful death of the cross. Jesús vino a tomar nuestra carne y sangre para que cumpliera para nosotros toda obediencia a la ley divina hasta la muerte de la cruz. And we come to have communion fellowship with this same Christ who's with us and promised to be with us to the end of the world. Venimos a tener comunión con este Cristo que ha prometido estar con nosotros hasta el fin del mundo. So we come remembering the past, what Jesus has done. We come remembering that he is here, but we also come in hope because this, this meal, this bread and this cup are a pledge a foretaste of a feast of love that is coming, the banquet of the kingdom of heaven of which we shall partake when God's kingdom is fully come. Esta comida también es una promesa y muestra de la fiesta del reino de Dios en la cual estaremos cuando venga el reino de Dios. And so here's the invitation. If you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've trusted in him alone and nothing or no one else, Seas confesado Señor Jesucristo como tu Rey, Salvador y Señor y nadie más y nada más. If you're determined to turn away from a past of sin and to live and follow him in this pilgrimage of faith, you're welcome to the table. Si quieres dejar lo pasado de pecado y seguirlo en fe, bienvenidos a esta mesa. I'm going to invite our serving elders to come up forward right now. The Lord Jesus, the same night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. En la misma noche que fue entregado, el Señor Jesús tomó el pan y dando gracias lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos, diciendo, Tomen, coman, ese es mi cuerpo que por ustedes es partido, hagan esto en memoria de mí. In the same manner also, after they had eaten, he took the cup. And when he had blessed it, he gave it to them saying, this cup is the new covenant, the new testament in my blood, which is given for you. As often as you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. La misma manera también tomó de la copa diciendo, esta copa es el nuevo pacto hecho en mi sangre. Hagan, es, hagan esto cada vez que beban de ella en memoria de mí.
just a few moments, I'm gonna invite you to come as the Lord leads you to take of the bread and the cup and I wanna invite you to return to your seat and use this time to remember what Christ has done for you. Les invito a tomar del pan de la copa, volver a sus sillones sin comer. We ask you to wait uh, to eat and drink until I give you that signal. Um, vamos a esperar a comer juntos. But this is our time to remember the gospel and to participate in it as God's people. And if you're not quite ready to do that, you're not quite sure where you are with Christ, you are, you're privileged to participate by, by simply being with us and observing and, and taking this in and learning. Si no está seguro de su relación con Cristo, pueden observar, no, no hay ninguna obligación para que participen. All things are ready. Todo está listo. Come to the Lord's table. Vengan a la mesa del Señor.